0: eternal entrepreneur we believe faith comes by hearing and so do business skills you'll hear powerful stories and strategies to grow your business directly from christian leaders who have done it all before catch us on mondays for lunch breaks our bite-sized business series and twice a month on fridays for faith inspiring interviews Hello and welcome back. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Eternal Entrepreneur Podcast. I am Pierce Brantley, along with my co-host Joe Newton, and we cannot be more excited to share our conversation today with Matt Wilson. Matt is an avid follower of Christ and has had the pleasure of speaking to groups about living life on purpose, where he also has a podcast by the same name. He's a small business owner and serves on numerous boards to help nonprofits.
1: Matt, welcome to the Eternal Entrepreneur. It's so good to have you here, man. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here with
2: you guys. Thank you, Joe and Pierce.
1: Matt, I I love you because every time that I log on social media, I I feel like you have another testimony posted, another testimony. It's like you have a problem. You're literally (laughs) addicted to healing the sick and casting out demons and loving people everywhere you go. And, And not only that, but you also love to give testimony and to share the good works of God. So it encourages me. I'm always encouraged to talk to you. So today, give us a little backstory. What is your origin story specifically when it comes to entrepreneurial, entrepreneurship? When did you get bit by that bug? And at what point did God start to show up in that journey?
2: For as far back as I can remember, I've just always enjoyed making money and, and being a capitalist. And from a young age, uh, I would go and and buy like a box of candy. And then I would take the wholesale box and then I would sell it retail at school. And I'd have a little bag and, and I would fill that and I would sell that to friends at school. And obviously it wasn't making Much money, but a quarter here, 50 cents there. And so just started at a young age. And then when I was in college, I was selling cars and and, in various sales roles. And so I always liked the idea of being able to, you know, add value and the ability to create and never know what the next day was going to hold. But at the same time, being able to you know, determine what my future was going to look like work ethic. And what was I going to go out and, and produce for the day? Or or was I not going to have anything to show for my labor? And so I definitely have had that thought or that mindset for a long time. When I had just graduated from college, I got into an outside sales position and was selling food to people schools, bakeries, hotels, restaurants in the Atlanta area. My territory was Buckhead. so the best restaurants in Atlanta really enjoyed those interactions and eating at great places on a regular basis. But I was approached by a friend of mine and he said, you've sold this, you've sold that. Do you think you could sell money? And I said, absolutely. Everybody needs money. How hard could that be? And so he wanted to start a mortgage company and I had no experience with the mortgage business. I had to go through like a training, uh, certification, things of that nature to to learn more about the mortgage business. Ended up, you know, starting a mortgage company, a branch of a larger national lender. And so we became mortgage brokers. And the you know, next thing I know, I'm running the day-to-day operations. I am originating loans. I am managing, hiring, training the loan officers. And it was really exciting because we got to build something. I, I think we built it up to 12 people and we we're making lots of money. And then ultimately, that there were some differences between him and, and I just felt like it wasn't the right fit and it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing anymore. So I was having a conversation with my father-in-law. And ended up telling him that I was a little frustrated and didn't think that I was where I was supposed to be. And he said, if you ever think about going into business with me, let me know. And I said, okay, what would that look like? And he said, I've been in business for 27 years. I want to continue to grow the business. I want to make sure my clients are taken care of. And at some point I want to slow down. So, okay, wow, that sounds interesting. When? He said, whenever. I said, how about now? And so that was September of 2006. And so at that point I started thinking about this. I just got married to my wife his daughter in June of 2006 and October of that year part of ways with my business partner started working on all my licenses for this industry which is financial planning and then ended up moving to Birmingham in June of 2007 to you know come into business with him be his succession partner our succession plan business partner, and never lived in Birmingham, never had any intentions of of moving to Birmingham or being a, a resident of the state of Alabama. But I got here and we did all of those things that we were talking about doing. And eight years in, I started, God was dealing with me a lot over the years, but I wasn't walking with him at all. When my wife and I first met, I was definitely a heathen. She was unchurched, but I was a heathen. And when I met her, she made me want to be a better man. And so that got me back into church. I was raised in church, but just went away from God. And so when we moved to Birmingham in 2007, we moved over in June of 2007. We started checking out churches. We started going back to the church that that she'd grown up in, which, which was a Methodist church. And we would attend, we would check the box, things of that nature. But 2014, we started at a new church here, ended up getting into a small group and really started growing spiritually. Had a small group leader that became a spiritual mentor, really challenged me a lot. And so it was September of that year, I'd gone to a conference and I heard one of the speakers say, we're not in the wealth management business. We're not in the financial planning business. We're not in the life insurance business. We're in the lifestyle continuation business. I'm like, man, I love the sound of that. I wonder if that's been trademarked. And it had. And so I was like, what's similar to that? And I just got this name, Perpetual Lifestyle Planning. Wow. I don't even know what that means. It was continuous planning for someone's lifestyle. And I came back and I shared it with my father-in-law and I was really excited. And he did not like the idea at all. He was not excited. Didn't think it was a good concept. My wife was excited about it. I thought I thought this was a pretty good idea and ended up just talking to her about it praying about it and and then continuing to have discussions with him and ultimately we came to an impasse and i just felt like god was really drawing me out of just selling stuff and and managing people's money i felt like there was more to do in this space and so i came back to my wife and i said hey listen i think i'm gonna have to start my own firm And neither one of us really wanted to do that. But but clearly we had different visions for the future. And the more God started to deal with me, the more I realized this is something that I'm going to have to do. And so as I started to make that transition, I'm leaving my father-in-law. I end up starting my firm February of 2015. Everything came against me. I've never experienced so many trials in my life. And as I started to walk out this journey of, of building my firm, that's really where God started to step in and he started to just show more of himself to me. My faith started to grow and it's been an incredible adventure from that point forward. So it's always a challenge. It's always an adventure. It's always exciting. There's never a dull moment, but I love where I'm at now and I'm thankful for all that God's
1: done. It's interesting as you were sharing that story, I was getting pictures of those Old Testament stories where, wh- whether it's Moses or one of the other fathers in in the Abrahamic lineage, where they they leave their father's house or their father-in-law's house and go off and do it in another place with their family. I, I got that same imagery. I, I'm curious when you're in that transition. One, at that point, did you feel confident God gave me this name, and I need to go start this bit, this outside business, because this is something the Lord has told me to do? Or is it a, I think so. And I'm just stepping out in faith. What did that look on the inside for you?
2: Yeah, first of all, I was an extremely arrogant and prideful man. And I had no relationship with God. I just I felt like I was starting the beginning of a relationship with God. And so I absolutely thought I had a great idea and I felt like God was calling me to do something, but I thought I had the idea. And so I just, I was really a lost person. I had no concept of God speaking to us. And it is interesting because my wife in 2011, she got involved with a prophetic ministry. And so I had you know been a part of prophetic services and there was a prophetic minister that, that we started developing relationship with and, but I still had no concept that he would talk to me. And I knew that he heard from the Lord, and it took a long time for me to get convinced of that. But in that process, I thought that I had a good idea. I felt like God was calling me to do something. But, you know, as I stepped out, it's funny that you mentioned Moses, because he gave a prophetic word in that first year. You really, when you step out in faith and you leave an established business. So at that point, he'd been in business for you know 35 years and and I'm walking away from this established business to start something brand new and you know in January before I even launched the firm January the 9th my grandfather has a stroke in the morning my dad's diagnosed with bladder cancer in the afternoon i'm leaving my father-in-law so three of you know the the greatest male role models in my life now those relationships are strained. I can't reach out to them and have conversation like I would normally want to get advice. And I'm like, what am I going to do? So I reached back out to that spiritual mentor that I was talking about. And he said, Look, you are capable, you're strong, you're talented, you can do a lot of things, but you cannot handle all this. You're gonna have to surrender to God. And I was like, He may be on to something. And so I started that process of surrender in 2015, but there were so many times that first year, did I come up with this or did God really call me to do this? Because this is so hard and I've lost 40% of my income. I've just left something that like he was going to give me the business. And I left that to start this thing that I, I think is God but I'm not really sure. And I don't even really know where I am in my relationship with him. I know I'm building something. Like, what have I done? There were so many times that I questioned. And Brother Max, the person, the prophetic uh, minister, he, one night we're at one of his services and he said, Matt, I know that you feel like you have been called out of Egypt and you left Egypt as a slave. And I know that there are times that you wonder like why you left Egypt and you're in the middle of the desert, but God did not call you out of Egypt to leave you in the desert. He called you out of Egypt to lead you to the promised land. Mm -hmm. So keep going. He sees you. He knows you knows what's going on. And, and I don't remember all the specifics, but I remember that part of that word. And I just, I was like, wow, God knows exactly where I am. There are so many times that I've looked back and said, I could go back and I could be a slave, but I at least know where my next meal was going to come from. There may be lashes on back, and he's a wonderful person. I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression. Wonderful person, but it was captivity. I I was in a situation where we were partners, but at the same time, when you step out in faith, there's something that happens where you get to find out what you're made of. You get to find out like who God truly is because you have nowhere else to go. And, and so for me, losing that 40% of the income, all of my faith and trust prior to you know, starting my own business, it was in my stuff. It was in my assets. It was in my income. It was in you know, title. And when all of those things got reduced, stripped away, like God had to refine me and he had to humble because I was prideful. He had to humble me. And so throughout that process, he just continued to deal with my heart. And it was, I'm a slow learner. So it wasn't until January of 2016 that I fully surrendered completely. And from that point forward, it's been exponential growth with him. And it's been really exciting. I'd love to say that as soon as I surrendered, he snapped his fingers and everything was restored and everything was wonderful. It wasn't. It was still a gradual process, but he was building a foundation on solid rock instead of the house that I built on sand before. And and so he, you know, tore it down to build it back up. And now the stability and the faith and and just all of the things that, that he has built upon, I, I will not waver now. And there are still trials. I had trials yesterday. I'll have trials today. I'll have trials tomorrow, but I will not waver in who God's called me to be because now there is not a shadow of a doubt that he has called me into the position that I am right now. And over the last couple of years, in the midst of COVID and all kinds of craziness, we've seen the business go like this. And so it's, and for those that can't see, we've seen the business go straight up and there's been exponential growth that only God could have done. So it's been a, a, a wild ride, but it, I, I
0: wouldn't change a thing. Matt, There are so many cool things in your story, I I think, especially for the solopreneur, the person who's moving out into entrepreneurship, that I think just your story is saturated in encouragement. You think about the establishment, right? Or like the, the corporate businesses that so many people are in, and they have this dream, this drive to move into entrepreneurship. And a lot of times that is calling, the Lord is literally calling them out into something, And the lie is that the establishment is established, but really we are established by our faith. We're established by what we move out to in faith. And even that parallel of Moses, like he was talking about establishment, right? He was in the courts of Pharaoh. He was doing his work at the highest level, but there was something, there was an exodus for him to move into. And there's so many cool parallels in your story because you mentioned even the doubt. I think we think sometimes that when we're moving into what God has called us to do, that it will be easy because God has called us to do it. But even look at Moses in the wilderness and he is doing exactly what he's supposed to do. And he's dying. He's so anxious. His father-in-law is, Hey, listen, you need to start delegating. I don't care if you were like the Prince of Egypt. I don't care if you have all these skill sets. you are in what God has asked you to do but that mantle is meant to manifest itself throughout other people. That's a part of your authority. That's part of what you're stewarding. And so I just love the way you've lived that out because it's not always so simple. Like you do have to struggle with it, but that's part of the joy of it, right? That's part of the potter and the hand. That's part of him making you into what he wants you to be and you being obedient to it. So I just want to say thank you, because I think a lot of people really benefit from your story.
2: Well, I think that, you know, if you listen to the world, they're they're constantly selling you on the instant gratification. You start a business, you're going to be an overnight success. Just uh, follow these three steps, five steps, seven steps, whatever they're selling in the you know pop up ad. That if you do those things, then you're going to immediately become the next millionaire. Of course, millionaire is not even cool anymore. You're going to become the next billionaire. You're going to be the next Elon Musk. You're going to be the next jay-z or whoever the idol that they build up to be is for the day until that person falls and then they create a new idol again parallels to moses but it's not easy stepping out in faith is never easy building a business is never easy i have not talked to a single person that is successful that has said you know what i snapped my fingers and all of a sudden there was money lottery winners yes business owners no So if you are being called by God to do something, don't think that just because his hand is upon you or he is calling you out, that it is going to be absolutely perfect, that it is going to be absolutely easy, that everybody's going to get it. And they're just going to say, oh, God's hand is on this person. We absolutely need to get on board. This is amazing. And yes, this is what I've been looking for my entire life. Most people will not understand it. There will be some that do understand it and they immediately recognize and they want to be the early adopters. There will be some that will never get it because, you know, there is just there is an amazing God in heaven. There's an enemy that is opposing God's will every second of every day. He does not sleep. He doesn't take the day off. He does not rest. He comes to kill, still and destroy. And and so the plans of God, he is working overtime every single day. He and his demons are coming against the will of God every single day. So when you're moving forward, you're going to be met with opposition and you're going to be able to overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Joe, you started off with, I like to share testimonies. I like to share testimonies because I want people to hear what God is doing and know that if he's done it for me, he can do it for other people. And the more we hear testimonies, the more we can overcome. Another lie that people hear over and over is if you share your faith in business, you're going to absolutely fail and you're going to lose clients, customers, business, all this stuff. And I just want to tell you that is a lie from the pit of hell. You will lose some people. I don't want to sugarcoat that and say that I have not lost some people. They haven't specifically told me it's because of my faith, but I'm in a business that's fueled by greed. And so at the end of the day, some people just want to be as wealthy as possible. They just want to have the highest return. They don't want to hear about Jesus. That's okay. I'm not the right fit for them. But there are so many people that do want encouragement. They do want truth. They do want God's love. And they do want to see it walked out in all aspects of life. And they know deep down, anybody that's out there listening, they know deep down that money alone, is never going to fulfill you. And so I've got people that have millions of dollars, and I have tough conversations with them. Hey, is that money filling you up like you thought it would? No. No, it's not. Okay, let's talk about Jesus, because He can. And we have conversations. We pray, and we prophesy, and and we declare the goodness of God. We've had people get healed in our office. We've had people get saved in our office. We have people that just have so many desperate situations where we get to bring God in and partner with him. And it's so exciting because, you know, God did not call every person to be in the pulpit. And the church has done a terrible job of convincing people that if they're going into the ministry, then they've got to be in a church setting. And the reality is God wants us to be ministers wherever we are, whether you are a business owner, whether you are on assignment in the marketplace. Whether you are a pastor in a pulpit, he wants to use every single one of us. We're all willing vessels. We're all vessels. We should be willing vessels that he wants to partner with and flow through. And as he does that, we get to reach people wherever. We get to see heaven come down on earth where we're willing to step out in faith and do the things that God's calling us to do. I don't even remember what the original question was, but it's just exciting to to partner with God in business. And I'm thankful that I get to encourage people and, and let them know that it is fun. I wouldn't change a single thing. Like I said, I wouldn't change a single thing that I've been through because I wouldn't be the person that I am today without the trials, without the testing, without seeing God show up over and over. And for anybody that's out there that is thinking about, starting your own business, know this. There will be days that you will not know where your next paycheck is going to come from. There will be days where you will not know how you're going to pay your bills. There will be days that you're going to wonder, did I make the worst decision of my life? Those are the days where you reach out to God and say, God, if you don't show up, I don't know what I'm going to do. If you don't show up, I'm finished. If you don't show up, I don't know how I'm going to feed my family. And God shows up. And so you get to see over and over the goodness of God, and you get to see him step in and make a way where there was no possible way without him. You want to develop trust with God, go into business for yourself. You want to develop trust with God, go to a hundred percent commission because I've been on a hundred percent commission since 2006. Okay. So a long time. And again, A lot of that, I wasn't walking with the Lord. So I just thought I was great and wonderful. It was a lot more anxiety. There was, you know, pressure. There was stress there. I was not fun to be around when I was wondering, like, what's going to happen? Where's the next deal going to come from? Now I just rest in the presence of God on a daily basis. I spend time with him first thing in the morning. I thank him every single morning, pray, worship, word, try to spend an hour with him every morning. First thing. And then the rest of the day, I've got worship on, I'm praying throughout the day. It's so much better. And I've seen him show up too many times to ever doubt his credibility and step out and see what happens. But just know that's going to get tested.
1: Matt, I, I love when you were sharing about when you get to that point to where there's no other options, that's when you should cry out to God. There's no way that I'm going to be able to do this without you. But I, I had the the thought come into my mind when you were sharing that, that really the, the goal for us, it's okay. If I can get to that mindset when I'm making millions of dollars, it's okay. That's where I want to be is like, even when I'm in that place where the cash is flying through the door, having the heart that, okay, if you don't show up, I still fail. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I have a question for you. I'm I'm curious, especially now that you've gotten to the place where you're feeling more confident that God does speak to you and you do see him walk out in active ways in your life and in your business. What are some examples of maybe the out of the box things or the creative ideas that he's given to you that you're like, this is totally opposite of what the world would tell me to do. What, what what are some of those and what, what does that look like as, as you've walked out in those in your business?
2: There are really so many that it's hard to think of just one, but I'll start with my podcast. And like you guys, I'm sharing faith and the world doesn't want to share stuff like this. The world, they're constantly bombarding you with negative news. And and we all know that if it bleeds, it leads. I mean, that's the mindset of the news media. And it was 2017, I was in the doctor's or like the dentist chair. And, and I'm getting my teeth worked on, which is always just a pleasant experience to start with. And then they've got headline news on in the background. And I'm like, man, it, is there a positive channel you guys can turn it on? And then it hit me, there is no positive channel. And I was like, wow, man, somebody needs to create that. And then months later, I go to this event and, and it's uh, Yellowhammer News. It's a large conservative news organization here. In the state of Alabama. And earlier in the morning, I was hanging out with one of my homeless buddies. And then that night I'm with these, you know, Alabama business leaders and you know members of Congress, things of that nature. And I'm having great conversations. I came home and I was all puffed up. And I'm like, man, I'm having great conversations. And the Lord was like, those conversations aren't just for you. And I was like, oh, okay. And well, what do you want me to do about it? And and I got this name, Living Life on Purpose. And I was like, okay, I don't know what to do with this, but I created a Facebook page that night, Living Life on Purpose. And so with that, I still had no concept. Okay, I guess I'll share these stories, but h- how do I even do that? I, I don't, I've never done this before. Uh, do I just talk to people? What does that look like? I just got out this laptop and a couple of chairs and I set them in my office and I just started sitting down with successful people that live a life of purpose. I felt like that was the message for Living Life on Purpose. And I don't know how many people I'm going to reach. I don't know if anybody's going to pay attention at all, but I started with what I had in my hand and just went from there. And so as I started to reach out the, you know these people that I think meet that criteria, one that I reach out to says, "Hey, I love what you're doing, and um, I'm doing something similar. Let's team up." And so next thing I know, this office that I'm sitting in now was a studio. You know, lights, camera, action, full video editing, everything. He was amazing from a technical standpoint. And I'm like, this is exciting. And then one of the guys that we interview, he was the CEO of Yellowhammer News. And so he's like, hey, I love what you're doing. We want to get this on Yellowhammer. I'm like, "Okay, I don't have a clue what I'm doing, but sounds great. And as we started to go down that path, I just continued to move forward with what I felt like God was calling me to do. And there were a couple of things that that needed to change. And, and God reveals those things. And as he reveals those things, you've got a choice. Like this way, it's easy. And this way, it's going to be more difficult. I don't know what this way looks like, but this is the path that God is calling me down. And I know that obedience is greater than sacrifice. So I'm going to be obedient. And the first friend that I was hooked up with, we were about to sign a a formal partnership. And I just said, man, I'm sorry, but I don't have peace. Now, I feel like we're going in different directions here. And and if I don't have peace, I can't move forward and love him to death. Amazing guy. But our visions were different and God was calling me to go a different way. And so I went the way that God was calling me to go. And so all of the lights, camera, action left this space. I'm like, I don't know how to do video editing. And I have no clue how I'm going to move forward from here and even asked me, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. I said, but I'm going to be obedient to God and I'm going to continue to trust him for everything. And so Yellowhammer's coming back to me at this point, we're on every two weeks. And they're like, Hey, after these episodes run out, what's next? I'm like, I don't know. They're like, well, when are you going to have another episode? I don't know. And I just continue to wait on God. And it was like six months and I hadn't given them anything and they really wanted the content and they're trying to get it out to their listeners and or viewers at that point. And they came back and they said, hey, I know that you're working on developing ways to edit and all that stuff for the video. What would you think about just doing a podcast? I was like, that sounds great. I said, let me pray about it. And so I pray about it and have a meeting with the two owners and the CEO and then the head of sales. And so we talk. And in that meeting, I said, is this a red light or a green light? And it was a green light. And I said, OK, God, I'm going to follow your path and I'm going to do this. I'm going to trust you. And they ended up stepping in, providing all the equipment, all the editing, all of these things. So they made a way when I waited on God versus me trying to figure it out and spending all this money and investing in stuff that I have no expertise in, following his ways so much better. I've got so many different client testimonies that, you know, situations where, you know, I do what God says to do. And then people are like, oh, I've got a check for you. And it's oh, wow, I I wasn't planning on this. Over and over, like, I'll give you one example. I had a client who came in and wonderful person, sweet as she can be. She was in here yesterday, actually. And, but didn't have a, a whole lot to, to work with. And so I just helped her, served her, loved her, prayed with her and over and over. But She had desperate situations and we just interceded and we prayed and prayed. And her sister ends up calling our office and she says, hey, I'd like to set a meeting. She sets it with my assistant. And so I never even talked to her on the phone. She comes in and she said, hey, I just want you to know I've been to two other advisors that are highly recommended. And just let me know that she's sizing up competition. And I said, okay, that's fine. And she said, but I do want you to know, I talked to my sister and she said, I needed to talk to you because you love Jesus. And I said, okay, well, praise God, let's talk about Jesus. And so we just start to talk about the goodness of God. And we start to talk about what God has done in our lives. And and we don't focus on the 700 some odd thousand dollars that she's got that I'm in competition on that anybody else would have focused on how they're going to give the best sales pitch or how they're going to come up with strategy or how they're going to woo this person. I didn't try and woo her. I didn't try any razzle dazzle. I just told her about the goodness of God. And I told her about how we operate our firm. And at the end of the meeting, she said, what do we need to do to set up the account? And I said, now, so you want to move forward? She said, yes, I do. She said, those other two people that I met with, I did not have peace. I said, "Do you have peace now?" She said, "Absolutely." And this woman was seventy-seven years old and was trusting me with her life savings, and all I did was talk about Jesus and, and the amazing things that He's done, you know, in me and and how we serve people. And her sister had that same testimony, and again, her sister's in here yesterday. We spent about five minutes talking about her money, and she brought in a check for you know some other funds to invest, but we did pray. We did spend a lot of times talking about what is going on in her life and how her brother's doing that. When the two of them came in the last time, we you know prayed for healing. Now the brother's out of the hospital. That to me is more important than just dealing with the money. Obviously you've got to have the money to, to get things done and we've got to steward that well, but doing it God's way versus the world's way is always better. And I just, I feel like what I realized several years ago was if somebody's willing to talk to me about their money, they're willing to talk to me about anything. It is such a high valued position of trust. It has to be stewarded well. But when it's stewarded, it's an open door to somebody's heart. And when you can see what's going on in their heart, then you know how to minister to them. And so that's, um, you know, people ask me, like, Oh, do you feel called to minister? I'm, I'm in ministry, I am in ministry in the marketplace. I'm ministering to people every single day. And you know, where there's an opportunity, I'm going to step out in faith that God is going to show up, He's going to do the heavy lifting. I'm just going to be the vessel.
1: That's so good. Cause I know someone like you who's obviously been in sales for so long, you have at some point had it drilled into you. It's like, well, you have to ask for the close. You have to ask for the close. But when you have God's favor and your motive is just pure love your client is asking for the clothes for you. That's the foolish things to get found the wise right there. That's so good. That's so good. We're about to head into our, our five, our final five questions, Matt, just because I know you've got some in there. What are some fun healing testimonies? Give me a fun healing testimony that's happened lately.
2: So last Friday I'm in small group and one of my guys is telling me that I'm sharing testimonies with him. And afterwards he comes up to me and he says, Hey, I've prayed for my wife and she has not been healed. Would you pray for her? I said, absolutely, I'll do that. And so we're headed out of town that afternoon. He sends me a text. He said, Hey, is now a good time? I'm at a uh, gas station in the middle of nowhere and, you know, standing outside at the gas pump. And praying for his wife, and I just I shared testimony with her about how I had been healed of migraines. My wife had prayed for me, I got healed instantly. Then I prayed for other people. I've seen people healed of headaches. It's not a big deal for God, and I just share that with her. And as I pray for her, she begins to weep. And afterwards, I said, "How do you feel?" She said, "So much better." And her husband sent me a text later on. He said, "Matt." My wife is, is walking around bewildered because she's in no pain. The tension, her vision cleared up, all of the, the pain that she was in, it's gone. And I said, well, praise God. That's what he does. He's a healer. And then on Sunday, so that was Friday. On Sunday, he sends me a text. He said, I just want you to know that she has not had headaches again since you prayed for. Her. I said, praise God. He, that's who he is. I saw him at the gym later on that afternoon. And he said, what I didn't tell you is my wife has been struggling with those headaches every day for years. So I had no idea the severity of the headaches. I just knew God heals headaches. And so to me, it doesn't matter if it's for a day or if it's been for God just heals. And so it doesn't matter the severity of the problem. God can do the impossible because that's who he is. One more real quick. I was in. Scottsdale on vacation two weeks ago, and my wife and I are, first of all, I would get up again, worship, prayer, word, and then I'd go work out. So I'd get up about five, spend about an hour, I'd watch the sunrise, and spend time with the Lord. 6 a.m., I'd go work out. And then by seven, I'd go back to the hotel room, and then my wife and the girls were getting up. And so that particular morning, I spent a little extra time. It was our last day, And uh, I'm out by this little pond and I'm walking back and I see this woman that is, she is like, she's got a knee brace on. She's on the phone. I'm like, okay, Lord, if you want me to pray for her, then let her get off the phone. And so as I am walking towards her. She's still on the phone. I'm like, Lord, let her get off the phone. Let her get off the phone. And she's not getting off the phone. And I'm like, man, I said, okay, Lord, if you want me to pray for her, then let me see her again. So I go inside, take a shower, pack bags, do all this stuff and end up as I am coming out, going to breakfast, we turn the corner and there she is. And she's there, you know, with her husband, boyfriend, whoever he is. And I said, hey, what happened to your your knee? And she's visibly in pain. Knee is very unstable. She said, I've got a torn calf muscle and my knee's really messed up. And I'm just, I'm in a lot of pain. And I said, well, I believe that Jesus still heals. He's healed my ACL with, you know, no surgery, but with prayer instantly. So can I pray for healing? And he said, well, what kind of Christian are you? I said, the kind that believes that Jesus still heals. He's like, Oh, wow. I was a Lutheran. I'm like, okay, whatever. And so pray for healing. And then I go one way. She, we minister to, to both of them for a little while. And I, I, you know, left this out that they're drinking Milwaukee's best eight fifteen in the morning. I don't think that they were residents at this property. I think they were passing through homeless, whatever. And so we go one way and I said, Hey, let me stop by the restroom real quick. So I go in the restroom, Jamie and the girls go to the restroom. And as I'm waiting for them to come out, they turn the corner. they had come back from the way that they were going. And I said, hey, your knee brace is off. She said, it feels so much better. She was like, it feels so much better. I said, well, praise God. That's who he is. That's what he does. And they said, we just had to come find you guys because we just want to spend more time with y'all. And so not only did they experience healing, but they experienced the goodness of God. They experienced the love of the father. And so we got to pray. My wife prayed for both of them and ministered to them. I just shared with the husband that God has set me free from a lot of things and he could do the same thing for them. And as we ended up leaving, he threw down his beer can. He said, I don't want this anymore. And she said, Joe, you can't litter. And he said, pick it up. But I just don't want to drink anymore. And they said, we hope that this is a day that changes our lives. And so I just know that the goodness of God never stops pursuing anybody not only for healing, but also for salvation. And so for anybody that's out there that's wondering, does God still care about me? The answer is unequivocally yes. That's exciting. I could I could share testimonies all day. I love sharing <laughs> testimonies. So that's just a few from the last couple of weeks.
1: That's so fun. I, I love it. Not only did she get healed, his heart got changed. They're no longer littering. The full package there. That's so fun. Matt, w- will you share? W- I feel like there are some people listening right now, who want to see people healed, but maybe they haven't stepped out or they've never seen anyone get healed when they, they pray. Do you have anything to share with them or can you pray for them real quick?
2: Yeah. So father, I just, I thank you that you are a loving God and Lord, I thank you that there's no distance in prayer. The woman that I mentioned first that was over the phone, father, I've, I've, seen miracles, signs and wonders take place via Zoom. I've seen it take place via phone. I've seen it with the laying on of hands. I know that there's absolutely nothing that is impossible for you. So Lord, we just bind sickness, we bind disease, we bind pain in anyone's body who hears this, Lord. We just ask that it would be bound and it would be cast out of their bodies. And we just ask for the goodness of God to flow, the complete peace of Jesus, We plead the blood of Jesus over every life that will hear this message. And we just declare that you are loving, that you are kind, and you never stop coming after us. So Lord, we love you and we thank you. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. I want to encourage anyone who's listening, if if you have any pain in your body right now, or if you've had pain in your body, whatever that was, test it out. Like if it's in your back, move your back around. If it's your knee, move your knee around, test it out. See if there's any difference. And for those of you who see a difference, I I would encourage you go find someone else who has that same problem that you just got healed of and, and test out praying for someone else. See if God will do the same thing for them. That, that he just did for you. Cause he loves you. He thinks you're amazing and, and God wants more people healed. So th- thank you for praying, Matt. I appreciate you doing that, man. Absolutely. All right. We're going into our final five questions here on the eternal entrepreneur. So our final five questions and our final five minutes, question number one, Matt, the uh, obligatory podcast question. What are your top three must read books, not including the Bible, but they can be business, family, spiritual, cookbook, etc.?
2: I know that you said not the Bible, but I've just got to say the Bible is full of wisdom. And so, uh, as much as we don't want to include like a lot of the good books that I've read, they they have a lot of excerpts from the Bible. I think it's the ultimate one. But I would say Intentional Living by John Maxwell, a great book, shift you from good intentions to, to being intentional. I love Andy Mason and Janine Mason's book, Dream Culture. I think that's fantastic. Let's see. What is uh, The Essential Guide to Healing? That's another great book, especially for people that are trying to walk in, seeing the, the manifestation of God's presence in healing. Uh, Randy Clark and Bill Johnson, great book, full of testimonies. And again, yeah. those testimonies build up faith. So it's a good one.
1: I love it. No, you, even though you snuck the Bible in there, which I ain't mad at you. I, I love that uh, all of your recommendations <laughs> reference the ultimate book. <laughs> all right. Question number two, you can send a note card back to yourself when you're first starting off on your entrepreneurial journey. What are the three pieces of advice you're putting on that card? All right. Question number two, you can send a note card back to yourself when you're first starting off on your entrepreneurial journey. What are the three pieces of advice you're putting on that card? Number
2: one, just trust the vision that God's placed inside your heart. And don't second guess that. Continue to walk it out, even if it's tough. Number two, just have people around you that support the things that you're trying to walk out the people that are going to build you up not tear you down and listen to those voices and then number three just try and get as many biblical principles rooted in your business early on versus trying to mix in what the world is trying to do as well as what god's trying to do because that mixture is not going to work
1: uh, th- those are all three really good. I, I feel like we could have a whole conversation just on that last one there. That's, that's good. Question number three, how do you define success for yourself today?
2: I would say serving people well and just loving people, just being a good witness to the, the people that, that I interact with. And at the end of the day, Stuff isn't going to matter. Money's a tool and it is something that it's going to accelerate what's inside our heart. And if, if there's good in your heart, then money's going to help you accomplish more good. If there's bad in your heart, then it make you a greedy, miserable person. Worldly success, I think, is the antithesis of what God's will is for our lives. And so the more we focus on serving others and serving him, I think that's a life.
1: Yeah, man, I, I feel like you all but, but quoted... Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and thy brother is thyself. Question number four, when times have gotten tough, what's kept you from...
2: Number one, having that relationship with God. And again, early on, not having that, developing that was, you know, definitely more challenging than now when, you know, I'm spending time with Him daily, and so I get to reconnect every single day, but strengthening that connection with Him. And then also, I do think that it's important to have people that hear from the Lord as well, and you come to them for ministry and sometimes receiving prophetic words along the way. When you know that person's hearing from the Lord and they're speaking something about the specific situation that you're in and you hear, hey, God still got this. Keep going. I think that's been really helpful.
1: That's yeah, that is really good. Yeah. All right. Question Number five, what questions should we have asked that we didn't? I think you guys have done a great job and
2: I love <laughs> what you're doing and I'm looking forward to listening to more of the episodes, but I think you asked some really good questions.
1: Matt, for all those people who are listening, whether they want to listen to your podcast that you currently have going on, or they want to connect with you in the financial realm, what, what are the ways that people can find you and, and get connected with you?
2: Yeah, so I'm on social media. And as Joe mentioned, I love to share what God is doing on a daily basis. So it's Matt Wilson on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, but I'm not on there as much. But that's Matt S. Wilson 360. Living Life on Purpose with Matt Wilson is the podcast, and we're on all of the channels for finding podcasts. And then there's Living Life on Purpose on Facebook and then Living Life on Purpose Always on Instagram. Our website is perpetuallifestyleplanning.com. And then my email address, Matthew M A T H E W dot Wilson at LPL.com. Love to get uh, feedback from you if you enjoyed the episode or think I'm crazy, whatever. I I enjoy constructive (laughs) criticism and I can always just hit delete. So,
1: (laughs) Matt would love an opportunity to uh, provoke you into love and good works as well. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you, Matt. It was an honor to have you on today and uh, hopefully we connect again soon.
2: Yes. Awesome to be with you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and leave a quick review. When you do, it helps other entrepreneurs find this content and benefit from it too. See you next week.